friends who strive to produce content that is authentic, unapologetic, and exalting of the magic we see in ourselves and in you. Join us as we oscillate between love and light and money and dicks. Because Because duality duality is a thing. Yes! Hey, girl. Oh, hello. Hi, hi, hi. Welcome to another episode of Around the Way Curls, y'all. Welcome. How are you, Antoinette? I'm great. Ish. Um, oh. I would have, we're recording this on Sunday. This will come out Thursday, but by the time this comes out, I would have, I've been talking about wanting to be more creative. Whatever you're doing, it's really loud. I'm so oh, sorry. Oh, is it? Damn. <laughs> uh, wanting to be more creative and I am stepping, I guess, listen, I'm stepping back into the booth. The vocal booth. Oh, you dropping a mixtape? No, not at all. I got a call from somebody who's very fancy, who in the in the jazz world, every time he releases an album, he wins Grammys for it. He hit me and was like, "Yo, um, how are you? I've missed you. Da da da. Um, can you come record?" I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess. Yeah. When? I'm thinking months from now. No, next week." Like, bro, what are you talking about? And then he tells me, yeah, I'm putting out a new big band album. I'm not going to say who it is because who knows if this will ever see the light of day. People record things all the time and you never see it. But he tells me the artists, the featured artists on the album are Sting, (laughs) Andre Day, and Let Us See. And my dumb ass. And the way I was like, what are you even talking about? Like, can you just call somebody else? I literally said that. I was like, what are we doing here? Like, why are we even playing this game? Like those, I just had in this moment, in this Sunday moment, so much imposter syndrome. Girl. I have not been singing. It's big band arranged. I haven't heard the arrangement. So it's another one of those situations where, again, I'm one of these people where I, I practice, I get things down, and then I go and do it. It's going to be another situation that's off the cuff. I'm sure I'm going to know half the musicians in that room because I used to work with them. They're all going to be like, what happened? Why aren't you back at X, Y, and Z Mm -hmm. company you used to work at? Oh, I got laid off during COVID. Like, it's just another thing that's like, "Ah, here we go. But I'm going to step What, of revisiting a a shameful moment? I guess it's just maybe maybe I have shame around it. Like, oh, I was discarded. I don't know. I don't know. I, I haven't Girl, figured that thriving, out. Girl, you nigga. I am. Better than you were. But I, I am. But I don't have time to even deal with that. I need to rehearse. And rehearse it a million different ways because, again, I don't know what it's going to sound like. So I have to just be prepared to just play. And that's not what I do create, creatively. <laughs> I don't like that. I like to work in my little silo and then go deliver something that I feel I've, you know, put together and it is good. So we're going to see... What happens? This is supposed to happen on Wednesday. And I want to throw up. I want to throw up just talking Mm. about it right Mm -hmm. now. Mm. So my body is full of anxiety and just, you know. I love this opportunity. Do shit that scares you, girl. Terrifying. Isn't it corny? It's corny. Bust you open. 
Bust it open for a real nigga. Yo, listen. Yes. All this shit we talk for here, I'm like, y'all got to practice? What? Ew. That's disgusting. Nutty. Nasty. Yeah. So we'll see. But that that's what I'm that's what I'm headed into. Ciao. What about you? I'm just getting back to the school routine. We had our first back to school night. This is you my grown, daughter's. Grown. This is my daughter's um, first school. So they're like, we're new parents, new student. Uh, the way that this school is organized is that the parents, the, the class stays together as well with the teacher. So each year, although the subjects change, although you have some teachers that come in and teach specific subjects, the, ch- the classroom stays with the same teacher all the way up to graduation from kindergarten to graduation. So mm. like there's this... cohort they've known each other for six years now seven years eight years I guess some of them have been preschool together so I walk in I'm always the youngest um in the parent groups it's very rare that I have a peer that's a young parent as well I'm black there's I have yet to meet the other black parents even with this school it's even less of black people than Mm -hmm. the other school shout out to Philly is segregated and poor it is a desperate situation that i am really waking up to and it does not feel good but yeah like i went there and i was like feeling nervous just people were kind and open um but definitely feeling the pangs and fighting the shame similarly around just being a young black single mom at that time jojo's father didn't come so i was by myself and just fighting the stories that I've created in my head. Mm. Um, shout out to all the single moms out there doing doing it, dealing with the same things. I see you, I feel you, I am you. Shit is real. We just got to show up, and then they want you to participate in shit. And like, I ain't got the time or bandwidth. So now I'm like the one that don't know what's going on or not participating. But I'm, I'm gonna do my best. Can I ask um, you something? Hmm. Do you feel, I remember you saying that you felt like a statistic. Do you still feel like that now? Yeah, you always, I don't feel like a statistic, but yeah, like I don't, it's not a part of my identity, but I'm tempted to feel when you go in there, you're like, oh, how are these people perceiving me? Got it. I got fucking shit on my teeth. Like I was just like, oh gosh, like, oh boy. Um, Hmm. But yeah, it was. It was. It's interesting how I have to like, yeah, manage that, manage what I'm, how I feel I'm being perceived, especially around white people. Mm. Um, what else? I've, as we all know, hopefully last week I reached out to the Greater Around the Way Curls community, um, asking for help from my friend. I'll go more into that situation further into the episode because it's brought up a lot for me um, that I can't wait to talk about with you guys and all the listeners. But what I have realized is the importance of having a counsel when we're making decisions. Mm. I think we have been so conditioned to to think we have to make especially hard decisions by ourselves and we don't, many of us aren't in practice of like, I don't know, even I feel like picking out your outfit for your birthday, it feels like a joint thing of like, <laughs> all right, we're going to come through. How are we going to, 
from the simplest I can't make a decision. Child. (laughs) But a lot of people experience that from Mm -hmm. the most simple of decisions to like a life changing decision. How many of us, how important it is that we have a counsel and how we're, we're not in practice of asking for yeah should I make this decision what's what do you see that I don't see but that that's been something that I've been um well you're supposed to put on. me in contact with Katia and you never did because I need an older black woman in my life oh we need our aunties I gotta call Katia my damn self shout so, out to Katia just a I wouldn't mind reaching out to her sometimes and being like do. hi can you do some emotional labor for me you can be like no <laughs> Anyway, no, I feel you on that. I um, you bring you bring up two great points, so we're gonna we'll get into it in the in the um, in the episode. But I I just want you to know that when I see you, I understand that I guess technically we're all statistics, right? We're all we all fit into some statistical mm. mold, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But for you, I just want you to know that things could have gone very differently for you and Jolie. And the way that you have navigated being a young parent, being a parent who started out serving, right, to where you are now, being a business owner. It's not about status. It's about um, discipline. It's about um, listening to yourself. Mm. And the way that you've honored that and done it afraid even with a child who's looking up at you, like you got to take care of me for the rest of my life. Hello. Keep me alive. That's terrifying. And you did it and you did it with such grace and with such faith. Mm. And so Mm. I feel like had you moved any other way, you could have been a different statistic, a statistic Mm. of I went to nursing school and got those vaccinations and just did what I was supposed to do because I got a kid and I got shit to do, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I really, really admire you for that. And so when you walk into these rooms, I hope that you f- that you remember this, the conversation, and that you understand you got a community of people who are looking up at you in awe. Oh. Oh, oh no. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> no word. Thank you. You better speak life into me. Yes. All right. Speaking of speaking life into people, let's get into some voicemails. Um, we have three this week. We have more. Y'all be calling, and I love it. I love it. We're going to figure out a fucking way to get all of these voice. Maybe it's a Patreon. I don't know if we could do more things. If, if we find an editor, then maybe we can have like Word. a Patreon yes. where we just talk to the listeners through these voicemails. I love that. Do you love it? You're going to have to yeah, do we it, though. Yeah, call that editor boy. Where are you at? We got to follow up on it's, that. That's my problem. He sent me an email I was supposed to send it to, and I only texted the episodes to him, so I, I need... I apologize, Queen. I'll, I'll let the ball drop. But here we are. Here is um, our first voicemail. Hey, Fonty and Antoinette. Uh, my name is Hala. I've actually called before, and you all thought I said my name was Holland or Harlem, which are both cute, um, but it's Hala, spelled H-A-L-A. Anyways, uh, I just finished listening to today's episode, and I just wanted to give you all a big thank you for talking about what's going on in Iran and the bravery of Iranian women right now. I actually realized when I was listening to your episode that a part of me had been avoiding reading up on that story. So I actually learned a lot of details from you that I didn't really know. 
Um, stories like that always bring up a lot of really complex feelings for me because I was raised Muslim and decided to stop wearing the hijab, which I'll ask how that's pronounced. It is hijab and not hajib, um, at least in Arabic. Um, so I stopped wearing it and practicing the faith when I turned 22. I hadn't been practicing for a minute, but I just stopped pretending at that age. And since then, I haven't had a relationship with my family because of it. So when I hear stories like this, it brings up a lot. Mostly, I feel guilty because of the privilege I have that as much as it came with a lot of shit, the fact that I lived in the U.S. made that choice possible for me. And Antoinette, you always touch on how many rights we do have here, as shitty as the country still is. Um and then there's also a part of me that jumps to Islam's defense because Islamophobia is real. I've faced it. I've seen it. And, you know, people use Islam as a tool of patriarchy and to control women, but so do people of other faiths. So, yeah, a lot of feelings <laughs> um, come up with stories like this. And I still feel like I can't read too much about it just yet. This takes a little bit of processing, but I just really, really appreciated you all giving me personally a safe little glimpse into what's going on. But also thank you for giving these brave ass women and the shit that they're dealing with the attention it deserves. Um, y'all make my week every single week. And I honestly can't thank you enough for being your authentic and vulnerable selves. It's pushing me to allow more space for vulnerability uh, in my life. So sending you both so much love. Bye. I love that. I love that so much. Yeah. That's really beautiful. Yeah, and that she practicing vulnerability just in sharing that. And um, again, I guess we're all figuring out like what we can do in this situation. But I think it's this. Just keep sharing it and, and sharing our experiences and how spreading the word around about it and and you should watch Rami if you haven't watched Rami yet that will be real hopefully it'll be a beautiful mirror to to some things that you've experienced so and thank you so much for we asked for someone to call and educate us on how to say it um uh and also apologies hijab. for hijab for uh for pronouncing your name wrong the first time you called hala but I also want to be really clear that, yes, um, I want to emphasize a point that she made that a lot of religious or, you know, Islam can uphold patriarchy and 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 use it as an enforcer. But so many. Girl, talk about it. <laughs> so woo. many Girl. religions do that now. I think a lot of people, um, maybe it's more visible because of the clothing and the coverings but baby that patriarchy baby. is deep set in that good old bible and that christianity i don't want to get into it i know people gonna have a fit they can't be having fits judaism the Hasidic jews around woo, woo, woo. i said are y'all okay is everybody okay <laughs> and and maybe and, and listen sometimes someone said to me well what if patriarchy works for some people and i i had to take a step back and i said hmm for okay. who? Who is it working for? Let's, that's a whole episode. For Write who? it down. Put it on the 
put it on the, the Prove topic. Prove to me how it's, uh, who it's working for. Some people, I, I won't say who this person was in my world, but they said that... You know, some you, you keep mentioning this person. It's, and not, I'm like, it's multiple people. This this isn't oh. the same person. It's it's multiple people. I'm trying to conceal identities and things because I I want to be wanna lose more the friends off the podcast. But though. I also want to be more intentional about respecting people's privacy and things like that. Unless they tell me and they speak openly about it, um, that it's okay. But I will say this person is a friend of a friend, starting to be a friend now, but. They were talking about how some some people do want to play that role. Some people want to serve their husbands, and I was like, "Well, my argument but that's was not that's how a patriarchy functions." Yeah, that's right. not. Yeah, that's like white supremacy. Right. Like, oh well, what if black people just think they are inferior? <laughs> Interesting, <laughs> but thank you for calling because we're going to derail this. We have another voicemail right now. Ladies, please. <laughs> Um, I woke up this morning and I'm listening to the episode. I love y'all. I love y'all. I love y'all. I love y'all. Um, Internet, you got me up early crying. Thank you very much. I just wanted to say thank you for being honest and being vulnerable and telling your journey um, through the abuse that you um encountered as a child. Um, I think that there are so many of us that have experienced things like that um, and maybe buried those deep down inside. (laughs) And through you, at least these last couple of weeks, you have helped me. Sorry, I had to let the dog out. Um, You have helped me acknowledge some things and almost (laughs) force the healing process for that part of my life. Um, Or at least, you know, at the at the point that I am. So I paused the episode to come over here because I was almost crying. But thank you. Thank you very much. You are helping me and I'm sure you're helping other people. I'm gonna go finish the episode and go to work and wipe my face. Thank y'all. Love y'all. Thank you for that. Even that uh well that makes me feel good because sometimes I sometimes I'll be honest. I think I get on here and I'm like are you just like talking about yourself and your fucking problems and just, I don't know. Sometimes it just feels, I don't know. Maybe it's uncomfortable. Maybe I, it feels a little narcissistic. I don't know. I, my hope is that through whatever work I'm trying to do over here, the other people hear it and that it affects them. So thank you for affirming that. And also crying in the morning and having to go to work. Capitalism. Nigga. <laughs> it made me so mad that she unfolded and dealing and stuff and she got to let the dog out and hurry up and get to work. I can't stand it here, but I guess we have to do that. Shanti, what are you wiping over there? All I hear shh. Sorry, I have shh. a I have to prep. I have a live at three o'clock. I have very limited time and I have to make sure I get there and there's some things I had to prep. I'm all done. I apologize. All right. I had to No, do you're fine. I signs. just <laughs> all right, one one more um Jonsky. Oh my god, it's a real thing. Well, I just finished listening to the Everyone Needs Touch episode, and I just want to say, Antoinette, that one, in regards to touch, I am that person. I'm not affectionate at all, and my friends are always laughing at me and letting me know, like, you got to stop being that way, and so I do try to. But when you spoke about needing touch and um, the way that you feel about it, 
I really can't even believe that I turned this on after I sat here and journaled this morning. And my thing is a sense of belongingness and a sense of community. And I always feel so embarrassed or like I'm crazy, even down to the whole jealousy piece. Like, I feel like maybe it's just a, a human thing because I feel like that was some other friends. I'm like, can y'all come calling me about this? And I don't even got none of that. Um, and so I usually don't do stuff like this, like calling or whatever, but I just felt so inclined to just share that I feel you, even though mine is about just belonging and having a community. I'm in a new city, um, and I've been here for a while, and I just don't know how to get that, but I just felt, I feel like I, I feel you on that. And so I just want to say thank you for sharing, and I'm about to go tell people my experience now because you didn't share it and got emotional, and now you got me going. And so I feel validated in what I'm saying. Like, there are simple things that we need, and it's okay. It's human needs. Like, it's cool. So thank you for sharing. Y'all have a good one, and I love both Aww. of y'all. These voicemails. Aww. So, that makes me so happy. And now she's going to share with her people her needs. Say less. And I, I acknowledge not every, it might not be touch for everyone. Maybe touch to me feels like community. It feels like a, or a reminder of it. I don't know. But like, that makes me mm-hmm. so happy. I hope you do sis, share with your, with your people what you need. I hope you are even vulnerable enough to tell them the times when you feel that jealousy rising mm-hmm. and you can't mm-hmm. hold space for them or the space that you're holding you're also holding this other thing for yourself and, and acknowledging it and observing it and being aware of it. Um, and connecting, not having the community with not touching. If you don't feel safe mm-hmm. with your people, how do you expect to feel safe being embraced by them? Like, Great point. That's real. Great point. I'm going to say one the, really quick. Uh, Cheska Lee just shared how to complain laterally or up. When we're feeling something being cognizant of who we're talking to if it's at work and you have a complaint complaining up to somebody that has the power to help you in some kind of way or a person of position if they are doing the same kind of work as you and you're complaining to them they have maybe been there done that seen that and they can offer real advice versus and then complaining laterally where you try and be cognizant if you're complaining about a relationship and you know that your friend is feeling tender in that moment, maybe you're not going there and complaining like, God, my husband and my kids getting on my nerves. I see them all the time. And my mm-hmm. daughter wants to hold me all the time da, 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 to somebody that doesn't have that um, same experience. Just being cognizant of who we are sharing our shit with and can the people that we're sharing it really help us or hold space for us. I thought that was cool of her. And I was like, oh, okay, sure. Makes sense. Want to shout out the new patrons? We haven't done that in a while. Um, if oh, you yeah. are new to our podcast, we also have a visual aspect where you can see our faces, expressions, and our backgrounds. And poor, I'm working on my lighting. I'm gonna stop <laughs> saying that. I'm gonna get some really nice lighting. But we have new patrons. Welcome. Thank you so much, Gloria C, Jessica T, and Ashley M. If you want to join our Patreon, it's tiered. It is like a subscription each month you pay and you have access to all of our videos the content before and after the episode uh, and tonight i ain't saying this in a minute so what's the patreon how you get it www.patreon.com 
backslash around the way curls. There you go, queen. Niggas, stop playing with me. <laughs> so we're going to dive into this episode. I started it off last week talking about a friend's situation in which she's a mother of four and she is in need of some financial support right now. She's a fellow business owner here in Philadelphia, uh, founder of Franny Lou's Porch, and she is experienced. She's in a legal battle with former business partners. And if you know anything about the American legal system, if you want to be represented and represented well, it takes a lot of fucking mm. money and a lot of time. It's not something that happens in just a month. Some of the legal battles have to be strewn out for years. That is actually a tactic for those ha that have a lot of money and they know that the person that they're in a legal dispute with doesn't. They will draw out that process till the person has to give up. For this particular person's situation, all of her resources, she didn't have much. Not everybody has thousands of dollars worth of nest egg. But the money that she had has gone into... Um, her legal case, she has to move as well. So she doesn't have much money. We asked to raise $4,000 that will get her and her children secure housing um, and set her up so that she can go through the rest of the year focusing on um, the battle that she's in right now to, to regain control of the business that she founded. Um, thank you so much to everybody that has contributed to this. We have raised 1500 So, or the day that Around the Way Curls, uh, I posted on the Around the Way Curls, we did raise a lot of money. People looked out. A lot of people, she told me that a lot of people were just like, because Shanti said, told me to do it, which <laughs> I'm not going to take full credit. It was your empathy and goodwill that led you to share that money. But I appreciate you showing the, giving me that credit. Um, community baby community is everything and it made me start thinking about help and in my friend's particular situation she has asked the community to raise money before but it was around her acquiring a building it was coded in I mean I guess yeah capitalist verbs around wealth building wealth you know black business ownership um just all the buzzwords and intersections and connected with money and like social standing and she reached her um she reached her goal and it wasn't there was no shame in her asking for help in that way mm -hmm. but she has felt a lot of shame and a lot of like yo I keep asking people for help like my my the well of goodwill is running dry for me feeling just very very alienated and isolated and like sh how she cannot keep asking people for help and she's a mother she's a black woman um it made me really think about how what what, how do we give help and then how we ask for help and what is our relationship with help, period. Um, I find that when I'm tempted to give people money or people ask for help, my mind often goes to those people's 
choices, especially if they're people that I know personally and I know kind of how they got into the space that they're in, the situation that they're in. And if I find that they haven't made the best choices, there's like this, I'm tempted to follow this narrative of punishment, right? Like, oh, you made your bed, lay in it. That's how I deal with my own self. That's how I treat myself in a lot of ways. And I'm just like, is that, is that right? How much, how much of how we move should be based on, especially in capitalism, the resources that we have? Is it always on empathy or is like, yo, I got this, I'm going to give it. This person, regardless if this person jumped in the water knowing that they don't know how to swim, I have 15 life jackets. I'm going to give her that life jacket. Or is it like, bitch, you know you couldn't swim and you're drunk and you're high and you decided to go jump in the water? No, you deserve to drown a little bit. Like you deserve the consequence of this. How much is based on what we have? And the deservedness of people's help in the financial context, because help is financial that we can offer. And then to me, I think it's kind of like a financial resource base. And then it's like emotional capacity and they vary. Mm -hmm. What do you think about that? I, you know, it's difficult because I am very, I, mm. I am someone who I, I think it, it it depends on how you operate, especially with financial help um, and just finances in general. If you're somebody who operates from a place of fear, with hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Finances. I hoard money. I don't spend money, which is why my money, I mean, my money is put in the stock, so it's trying to make money. But baby, the way I won't touch that money, even when I need it, I'll, I'll rather go get a second job than touch the, the money that's going to keep me afloat. So things feel more dire, even if they're not. But because my relationship with money is one based in fear right now, currently, for the most part, and like I just need to understand how to make how my money will make more money, it's difficult when people ask me for financial help. With that said, <laughs> I have given someone 
20K. Yes, you have. <laughs> not had, give nigga. it to it, lent it to them. 20 some, you heard that right. That is not an exaggeration. That is not an exaggeration. I have said someone has come to me in tears saying XYZ is on my head. I, I'm fucked up and I need X. And I'm like, oh, well, okay. I'm going to look out for you. I use that example because then said person did the same exact thing a year later after they almost paid me all the way back and I gave them more money. So my question is, when is it Your enabling? Your pocket's deep as shit. No, the they low. not. Not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> I, I bought that, that, I bought that car. <laughs> I bought that car cash. I ain't got it no more. I was saving for something. But... And I was also, I, but that was, so let's talk about that. I also understand I made certain sacrifices. I had roommates up until I was 34 in order to be able to stack for me to feel better about my little nest egg, for me to feel, again, fear-based. I'm not getting an apartment that costs X, Y, and Z. What if I lose my job? I can't live check to check. I have to have this amount of money in order for me to feel confident in that, right? With that said, I did it again. Now, this person has since paid me back, but the, the the conversation around it is like, I'm making the right choices. I'm making the right sacrifices in order to make sure I'm good. You're fucking up. And now I am putting myself in a really compromising position. And not only that, you did it again, and I'm enabling you at this point. Have you learned anything? And it's really, really difficult. Enable. That's such a good word. I wrote it down no. already. Look at the bottom. When you were talking, I, I put it down there. I was like, helping versus enabling. And that's a hard thing to decipher, especially when you're dealing with people that you love. And especially when you have insight into some of the decision-making that they've made. And, and I would all, I'm one of these people, and this is probably really messed up because this is how I was raised, where I watched my mom sacrifice. She never got her... When my mom, if I go home and she has her nails done, she goes, oh, I only did this because I had a wedding to go to. It's almost as if she didn't deserve it because she knows her money. That money could have went into her retirement account. That money could have went into this, could have that. There is no space for taking care of yourself and like splurging on yourself, which getting your nails done is a splurge. She says to me every time I come home and my nails are done, oh, well, you got money for that. And there's a choice being right. So I have, I carry this into my relationships with people where then I see, if you owe me money, you better be living the brokest life you ever lived. I don't want to see you out eating. I don't want to see you taking no goddamn trips. You better not be at the movies. And that's fucked up too, because there's a balance that needs to be struck, but I'm that person, right? You better be robbing fucking noodles and paying me back my money. What is that rooted in? It's, it's, it's rooted in, obviously capitalism and the construct. If I had it, I'd give it. I, f I feel like that's, I know that about myself. Like if I really, really had it, but who determines who really, really has it? How do you get, how, you don't get to tell me how I spend my money or what I should do with it, right? Money is so tricky. Resources is different. If you need somebody's phone number, there are some people who gatekeep, right? And it's like what I always say about Mandy. Mandy does not gatekeep. Mandy is like, if I got the resources and I have the connections and I know you're going to show up in a way that's not going to embarrass me, I'm going to spread that out. Ma Mandy mentions our names in rooms we don't even know about. You see what I'm saying? Like she's always assisting with resources and will even hold you down financially if need be. 
So I think we have to understand what the help is. And and finances is a different conversation than resources. And obviously, we're not even going to touch emotional, right? Because that's a whole other thing. But I do, I, I find myself judging that person um, initially, judging, judging it in the way of questioning the decisions they've made. And then if I'm close enough, I will breach that conversation of like, hey, I have this budget stretch spreadsheet. Like, I think I've gotten better at that of like, hey, it, might, it, it could really help you in terms of like figuring out where you're spending your money, how you can cut back, how you can this, how you can that. But I think it's a really personal conversation to have with yourself when you're like, how many times is too much to ask me for money? And even if it looks like I have it, there's also pressure there where you like, oh, well, it looks like I should be able to, like, I do have this nest egg, I should give it. But that nest egg could really be for something that you need in your well, life. Well, I think, I think that the converse, I think that we, what is the, um, what is the saying? Capitalism isn't the shark. It's the ocean that the shark is in. Like, mm-hmm. I think it's not an aside. I think it's the way that we have been taught to function and is now deeply embedded in all of our relationships. And I think about the narrative of welfare mm-hmm. and how it has now become black women are the ones that are on welfare. They're taking it's advantage of the system, not knowing that statistically it's actually white people, yeah. but this, this narrative and this hate for poverty and, and this Parf. hate for need and this personal, you are in this case because of your personal choices that you keep perpetuating and you're, and you're fucked up in that and I don't have anything to do. I have no responsibility in you getting out of this loop that you have. And we'll get into that because... And we talk about it all the time. And I love that our society is slowly opening up to this, that people don't self-sabotage because they're well. Mm-hmm. You know, people don't self-sabotage because they have sound decision making from, you know, a, a place of um, anyway. And the idea that poor people or the people in need are the ones that make have less room for error than people that have more resources. Because I know personally in my own family, I know people that have multiple baby fathers and um, are trying to do well for themselves, have trauma from their upbringing. And again, they self-sabotage and they get themselves in these, they make one wrong move. You make one wrong move, your shit is fucked up. Your kids are in a compromised situation. Mm-hmm. Now they're getting molested, abused, or now you're abusive towards your kid. Anyway, the cycle's just like, it. the ball gets so tight versus somebody else who has multiple baby fathers, but they were their family was able to buy them a house. Right. Or give them $25,000 to start a business right. and they're able to stabilize in a way that that shit is not perpetual. They're given the help. And I feel like, I don't know, I just feel like we... We judge people. We, 
Who? We judge people and yeah. we punish more than judging them. We punish, we punish them. We're it's, so we're corporally addicted to like, oh, you did this thing. Die slow, nigga. What and let your baby suffer too. It's interesting how you brought up the idea of if I'm crowdsourcing for a business, right? It's good. And it's like I'm enterprising. Oh, she's doing well. Let me support that. Let me help Versus this black woman. Maybe I made a bad decision, or maybe time fucking life happened to me. Right? No room for error. No room for error. And I need help. We're like, yo, come on, Girl. man. You got to do better. Come you got to get another yeah. job. Maybe you can't have that job. Maybe you got to go be the fucking yep. nurse's assistant, right? Or be, go mm-hmm. be a nurse. I just bigged mm-hmm. you up in the beginning of this episode for the decisions that you consciously made about the way you I wanted your life to be. I make those decisions because I had my mom's house to stay in. Right. I mean, I worked. I paid my mom rent. But I never... Had I never and never will face housing insecurity. Right. Some people's mothers have passed. Some people have toxic, abusive relationships. They don't never want to. They all they got. Return. Communities all, all they, they have got. is themselves. I was able to do that because I had that privilege, and and then it's connected to whiteness, like your proximity to what my mom was able to offer that house because when she was fucking up and her life got complicated, she had that stability and like. Mm-hmm. Shout out to assets because they will help you. And everybody should have. My idea is that I, I hope we. I'm trying to move for more towards if I got it, I'm going to give it to somebody in reason regardless. Because mm-hmm. I understand that it's bigger than just. It's a longer process than just poor choices. Right. Right. And I'll go on now but, to this emotional part. But can I ask you, how uh-huh. how do you figure out enabling versus help? That maybe. Well, let me let me go okay. on to the emotional Apologies. part. Right. I was walking to work, and I see this big black body strewn on the cement floor. And I walk past, and he has a sweater, and he's laying his head on his sweater. And he's quiet. And I'm like, oh, my God, are you okay? I thought maybe he was like having a heart attack or something. He turns to me, starts babbling. He doesn't have all the teeth in his head. Clearly, he d- he's not as dirty. Or like, it doesn't seem like he's living on the streets. Mm-hmm. But I can clearly see that, like, he's in a desperate situation somehow, some way. He's, like, down on his luck. Maybe he's staying in a home. And tears just start pouring from his face. He's oh. just bawling and he's through I can't quite understand everything but he's talking about how he went to war and he fought in the war and he didn't probably the trauma that he saw in the war and he starts talking he's calling me mom and he starts talking about his mom and she said she'd never leave him and it's coming from such I you can tell he's not in his right main right mind He's not in his right mind because of years and years of trauma. Like, we know that trauma affects the brain. And the tears are just falling. And, like, I just, there's, I give him $15. I give him all the cash I have, $15. I could have gave that man $15 million, and that would not take him out of what he needed, like what he needed was a hug for real, for real. He needed somebody to hold him and rock him and help his heart rate from 
he just needed like really he needed a lot of emotional labor he needed love he needed care and like money was not gonna solve that and so I think in a lot of these situations where we find people that are self-sabotaging I know for folks in my life that I I know self-sabotage I know the ways in which I self-sabotage money can't fix that shit And so it's like, oh, these people need like community care. Like they need help making decisions. Their their trauma is so askew in this moment or their perception of who they are and what they're worth is so fucked up that they can't make money's not going to solve them. Like they're going to self-sabotage some way. And then there's this how do we show up in that way? Yeah. And that gets really tricky because money is like, boom, you got this. Take care. You're stable. But then it's like this, this hug, this constant care that is demanded, that cannot be ignored, that takes years to like recover from. How that's exhausting for us. It's painful for us. It was people that you love and you're like, yo, like, wow, your wiring is really... I'm thinking about Shanti, the person in my life who I is know addicted. it's like, how do how I do you help? show up? How do you show up? And when is it to the point of like, you're a lost cause? Well, oh, Jesus. Not. A, OK, yes, that that's a thing. But like, when is it where you and you determine? And I think it's a really personal. When is it you determine mm-hmm. it? I really mm-hmm. believe that. I think when is it that you say to yourself, oh, you, everybody that's a famous, you know, I can't help you unless you want to help yourself. When, when do you recognize, like, what is the criteria for, for you to determine that this person does want to help themselves? Because they say it. A lot of times people say it and then you show up and then they don't. And they self-sabotage again. And it's like, you're in that whirlwind. It's so difficult, especially emotionally. Emotionally, especially I can, for people closest. If yes, it's your, of course. If JoJo like got into an addictive spiral, nigga, what? But, yes, that's what I'm saying. It's like, how do you? The hardest. I think one of the harder things to do is to say, I, you have to get away from me because mm-hmm, I can't mm-hmm. help you. I can't help you. And that and is somebody, like what? Mm-hmm. What? How how can you? I don't ever want. I, I don't ever want to get to that point. And I hope I never do. But but that's real of being exhausted. I need to tap out, but I need to know that you're being cared for by other. But people. not being. It's not just being exhausted. It's I actually cannot help yeah. you because you will not help yourself. And and settling into that and accepting it, submitting to it, of like. This is where the faith comes in. And it's like, I have to hope and pray that always telling you, I love you. And I'm here for when you're ready. I think that's really important, right? I'm here for when you're ready. Even if, even if it's somebody giving you money that needs fine, the saying they need financial assistance from you. Right. But every time you help them out, they fucking up. (laughs) You like, what, what did you do with that money? Like, what are you talking about? Or you did, even then there's a point where you have to say, cool, listen, I love you to death. I'm I'm here for you, but I'm not gonna. I can't show up for you anymore until I I see some some proof that you are showing up for yourself. And I think that's a personal thing. I don't. I, you know, 
I think even that criteria is very personal of like, listen, I need to see that you have a stable job or I need to see that you wrote a resume. And even if it's a bad one, I'll help you or come over and I'll help you write one. You see what I'm saying? Like those kinds of things or volunteer somewhere. If you want to go, I, I have, I have people who, you know, again, they have resources, but they weren't doing shit with themselves and their parents were like, I'm not giving you another fucking dime. You don't even have to go get a job, but I have to see that you are want to learn whatever this craft is that you want to learn. I'll fuck, I'll finance your whole shit. As long as you are showing up to this internship and, and taking the steps to get on your own two feet, it's going to be personal depending on where you're at. But when you are marginalized, right, and you don't have those resources, it's dire. Well, I guess I guess that's why I'm bringing up that this culture doesn't it hates people that are in need. Yeah, you said that to me. You said this they, culture they, hates poor people. We hate people. We hate people that are poor, and we hate people that are mentally unwell. Like because some people, I don't know that that that's man, an emotional poverty. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if that man is going to turn around and be okay, right? But he needs, does he not deserve a safe space to eat well, have clean clothes, mm -hmm. have a space where he, his, his nervous system can calm down? But we don't create those spaces. And I think I like about Mother Teresa. I think about the stories of Christ. I think about like the wretched of the earth is like... Mm. I think about, I'm not comparing the two, but I think about a lot of the, the trans community. Like, that's their gripe. It's like, we are the marginalized of the tr marginalized. We are often the poorest. We're often the most vulnerable. And y'all don't, y'all don't fucking care. And we're dying and being murdered. And because we don't really care, because we're waiting for people to show that they care, which people cognitively may not be able to do in this lifetime. Like people may, that's why these um, addiction sites where, yo, we can't get you off addiction, but we're going to give you clean needles because you can't be spreading the diseases the way that you have. Like, we're going to meet you wherever we're at. And I think just like culturally, we don't have the tolerance or the alternatives for it. I think it's seen in our prison system. It's like lock and key, you done, boom. There's no reform. Think about what you did how we treat our kids we don't yeah we don't because we don't we Everything's don't know what punitive. help it is it's punitive i watched helping uh, i watched myself with jolie i said um joe she has tests coming up joe has been living her young black free life <laughs> joe has a test come go in your room and study joe don't know what the fuck does like she has yeah. no idea a little five-year-old girl, go pack your room up. Go pack your room. We got, we're moving. You have to go pack your room. She's seven years old. Nigga putting pebbles in a box, crayons. <laughs> and then we get mad at them. How do you not, why haven't you done this? You didn't do this correctly. And we don't even know, I guess this goes to the personal thing. It's like, what is our personal relationship with asking for help? Yes. I haven't, I don't know that I've taught Jolie how to ask for help. Mm. I've created a space where like, how don't you know this? I've already embedded shame. Mm. I ain't got the time to be doing this with you. Like go sit down and, and figure out how to study, perform competence, perform that you are okay. Cause mm. 
Ain't nobody got time for this. Got Go it. pack that. I don't know where we're moving. What, what does packing mean? What is I'm your scared. personal relationship with giving help? I, I'm. It's connected to the other person's responsibility. How don't you know that? Why didn't you ask me for help? How don't? Why didn't you ask me how to study? Instead because of I'm terrified, jo- you can ask me. Oh, you don't yeah. know that. Next time, you need to ask me. Then come on, I'll help you. Yeah, shifting. I, that. I think it starts early. That's taught you to us. Though. Be responsible for yourself. Yeah. And if you're not, if you're not competent, if your brain's not working right, and you don't know that your brain's not working right, you're a fail. Like you you're failed. A failure. more topic yeah wow this is so helpful for me this is shanti that what you just did there is so helpful for me in many areas of my life because i i do i i do tend to i think i do tend to do that and i i'm thinking about within our relationship our business relationship why didn't you do da, da, da? Why didn't you like, come on, I need you to. And I think it's like, sometimes do you even know what the fuck I'm talking about? Maybe not. Maybe the fuck not. Like truly I'm thinking about at work. I can't tell you how many times on this new account where someone has given me, oh man, someone has given me a task and I'm, I know project management, but I don't know the necessarily the field that I'm in fully and there's all these acronyms and things and the way I will not ask a question because I do not want to appear incompetent I will google it I will work late to figure it out instead of just saying hey what's that and I'm there are certain people that I will do that with but there are certain people that I absolutely will not and that they've created those safe spaces for me to do that where they know like oh you're still competent as hell but I got to provide you these tools. And I'm so grateful to have the boss that I have, the direct report that I have. But I'm realizing within my life how many times that I may have, you know, barked an order at somebody or made a request and not provided them the space to ask questions. Or if they did ask questions, be like, are you fucking dumb? You're like, what? Most importantly, yeah, how do you tr- how do you ask for help? Because that how we treat others is how we like. Yeah. We don't want to feign incompetence. No, never. We want to be competent. We don't want to be vulnerable. Like, I don't understand this. Or like, I don't feel well. I can't do my brain doesn't work like that. I don't know how to do that. But even that is, I feel like even what you're saying, I don't have time to be running around teaching you how to do this. Like you should pick it up. It's that it's still rooted in scarcity, scarcity of time. Scarcity. Oh, talk about it. Capitalism. But that's that's but how that's capitalism I, function. Girl, that's scarcity. what I was saying earlier. When I feel like even if I have this nest egg, it feels still feels scarce. It's not enough. It still we feels scarce. And, and I can't give it to you. I need it. Yeah. Yeah. God, it affects every way in which we operate. You know, the where you're at. It's, it's not the shark, it's the water. It's fucking us up. But I'm trying to remember that with my with 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 Jojo though, is where I'm seeing it. Um and I wasn't taught again in my experience, I was often just overlooked. So I just had and it's my nature just to be moving and doing shit. But I don't remember 
I don't remember nobody holding my hand or telling me. I don't remember. I don't remember. Nigga, I just learned how to do a spread. I still don't know how to make a spreadsheet. Now, I have definitely offered to sit down. Still. Remember when we sat here? Remember when I was like, all right, come on. Right, Google Docs. I still don't understand. But do you remember when we first started Google? I'm like, put put it in the outline. Put it in the folder. I'm realizing, like, did you even know where that shit was? I was just, I'm just learning it. But wow. this the shame. It's the speed in which we want to work. Uh-huh. Things got to happen at a five. We don't have time for this. It's all, mm. it's, it's fucking us up. But mm. again, it goes to, if you don't feel safe, necess- it all, to me, it all goes back to the emotional thing, our emotional well-being. We talked about it before. If you're, what did you, what were you talking about last week? <laughs> oh, if you're biologically, your stressors are up, cortisol is up, your heart's racing, you're I nervous. Think, I also think I said cortisone. Help me, Jesus. Cortisol or cortisone? I think I said cortisone last week and I hope I didn't, but I have this. Cortisone is the, is the medication. I know, right? and I think I said that, but continue. I, I know God that was wrong, us. just uh, FYI, but go ahead. <laughs> if you as a young child, it, a, a traumatized brain can't work can't properly. It has is undeveloped. You don't have the calm. You can't calm your nerves in a way to be like, all right, let me make this decision around money. Let me make this decision around the partner. It's just so layered. Also, but we're always developing. Amen. We're we never that you, you never quite there. You can celebrate. You are both a masterpiece and a work in progress. Okay. I am forever a fucking work in progress. We have to ask for help. But to the caller's point, you got to get your count. If you don't feel safe with the people that you're asking for, you are at, you're by yourself. If you're shrouded in shame, if the persons make you feel stupid, if you f- they resent you for it, it's hard. It's scary. Yeah. But yeah. you have to like, I feel like we should all have a council around who we make, how we make decisions. Because maybe a lot of the decisions that fuck us up would, we would people would be like, no, don't do that. Don't mm-hmm. do it. Reconsider. Here's why. Do this other thing. The last thing I'll say, there is a amount of self-accountability as well. Mm-hmm. And awareness. And awareness. If mm-hmm. you, not you, the plural you, if you don't know how to do something, right, you can ask for help, right? But if the resource is right there for you to learn it, and you just want somebody to do it for you or teach you because that's just an easier route you have to you have to you have to assess that situation does you have that to know person your have style. time that but also does that person have time if you can like i don't know how many times i've said to someone google it cuz i don't you want me to spoon as a project manager everybody wants everybody comes to you and they need you to spoon feed stuff to them there are certain very very easy tasks and things for people to learn. I created, I've created, I don't know, can't tell you how many decks I've created of process. Go, refer to the deck. Mm-hmm. I can't of do course. so. So it's that kind of thing too. And I think we can take that in our lives as well. Where you can step up, where you do have the resource to help yourself. I think that's the main thing too. Help yourself of as course. much as you can, right? Of course. And then uh, when you need a further assistance and you hit that wall, community needs to be there to support you as well. 
And hopefully our community moves towards more uncon- unconditional um, assistance. Because I, I truly believe some people may not change and be able to help themselves. Mm. Do we tell them to die slow? Or are they never redeemable or reformable? What do we do Can we never with the man them where they're at? Yeah. With that man, that homeless man. He's not going to be uh, operate like a normal tax paying citizen. He's always going to need assistance because it seems from a very young age he's experienced trauma that has affected the way that he can show up. Do, does that mean he lies on the concrete and cries and people try to money ain't gonna fix it either. Or people walk past them. At least you stop. More people walk past. Like, of that $15, I don't know what he did. Maybe he drunk, bought alcohol with it. Like, but what his pain and where he needed care was not, was constant, consistent, and need to be authentic in order for him to really, like, make some strides and to calm down. Because he was just in so much pain. And But our society isn't, we don't fucking care. Here we are. Same shit with around the way curls, empathy, <laughs> compassion, humanity, capitalism, care. Here we are, mm-hmm. good people. Every every fucking topic is gonna go back to this some kind of it way does. with us. Until oh, until man. we break the wheel. Yeah. Ciao. Ciao. All right. Well, I gotta go make some money. <laughs> <laughs> I got to go to keep myself and my child alive. Listen, I will say this. She did raise fifteen hundred. I am gonna give her a handle again if you do want to help this mother and her four children to stabilize in this really, really uncertain time in her life. Oh shucks. Her It'll be in the Venmo is oh, okay. capital B K I N D G Z B Kind G Z. Her Cash App is B Kind Family Services. B K I N D Family Services. Show her some love. Too much or too, nothing's too little. Um, it's it it is helping her financially, but she's also like, wow, I'm not hopeless. Like my the well of goodwill has not dried up for me, which is giving her the energy she needs to to move forward. So thank you guys. All right, thank you, Internet. Thank you. I love I love you. I'll talk to you later. Bye now. Love you guys. Love you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> You have just heard an Around the Way Curls John. Follow them on Twitter at ATW Curls and Instagram at Around the Way Curls. We out early. <laughs> Very good. The road is With many a winding turn That leads us to who knows where Who knows where
But I am strong enough to carry him. I'm there. 